You're listening to the Becoming Me podcast, and I'm your host, Emily Cummins. You know, we're all on this grand journey, becoming who God made us to be. And that's what this podcast is all about. You'll hear stories of fellow warriors becoming who God made them to be. And you'll discover resources designed to equip you on your own becoming journey. So grab your favorite cup of coffee or tea, and let's dive into today's episode. Well, hey, Becoming Me. I am so excited to introduce you to my warrior friend, Katie. Katie, welcome to Becoming Me. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I am so excited to share your story today. I've been following you on social media, your podcast, The Truth for Your 20s. I just turned 30 when I found your podcast, and I was like, I'm still listening to Katie's podcast because <laughs> you have so many amazing truths that you share. So thank you for leaning into that space. And, you know, as we kick off our time together, if someone wasn't familiar with Katie, like, who is Katie? Oh my goodness. I am a mom of two girls, which makes me very passionate about the next generation of young women. I am a wife to one man. We live in Chattanooga, Tennessee. I always say that I wear a lot of hats. So my background is in marketing. I've worked in TV, print, and radio advertising and married a youth pastor. He doesn't do, um, he works for a college now, but that kind of led me naturally into mentoring young women started with doing high school girls and kind of grew into mentoring college girls. And that was where I like have never been more sure that that's where God wanted me to be. Um, I always say it's like speaking to my younger self. Um, my younger self was a heartbroken and hungover sorority girl looking for love in all the wrong places. And now I've just learned so much through some hard life lessons, through some uh, my husband and I together, our parents have a total of nine divorces, which is terrible. So we are just like kind of on this mission to do marriage well. And now that I've learned so much, I realized I did a lot of dating very poorly <laughs> and I did a lot of my single life very poorly. And, you know, if we want healthy marriages, we need to have healthy singles. And I have just learned so much over the years. And now I'm just passionate about pouring all of this into my young lady friends. So that's me in a nutshell. I love that. It's amazing. And I really believe however we impact the world does stem from our stories, you know, and when we lean yeah. in the truth of our stories. And so speaking of your story, we've all got a story. We're all becoming who God made us to be. Like, what is Katie's story? What has made you who you are now? You touched on it a little bit, but I would love for us to dive into it a little bit more. Yeah, so I grew up in the suburbs of Atlanta, and in Atlanta, you say you're a Christian because of your zip code, <laughs> which is apparently uh, not in the Bible anywhere, but um, uh, it made sense to me in my young brain. So yeah, you know, I, I would occasionally, our family would go to church, occasionally I would, you know, say I had integrity or morals or whatever it was, but it was just all sandy soil, as you get, as I guess you could say, and as you know, temptation and boys and Bacardi came my way. Um, you know, it doesn't take too long for that sandy soil to be like, I mean, let's just give it a whirl. <laughs> so I was actually headed down. Um, my most reckless time was actually in high school. And then I went to college and didn't have sorority recruitment on my radar. Like I never, I never, my parents talked about it a little bit, but it just wasn't even a thought in my brain to even sign up for sorority recruitment. However, 
still kind of on that reckless path the first few weeks of college, but got a knock on my door with a snap bid, uh, which is essentially, they still do this in a lot of sororities, but um, sometimes they're low in quota or they just know, like happen to want a girl and they need some another member. Um, they ask you to be part of their sorority. And I told them no. <laughs> Because I was like, what? I don't even know what, like, do do you sacrifice a goat? Like, what, what is this sorority business? I don't, so I told them no, but I had who, the, a girl who would eventually become my big sister convinced me that I should do this crazy business. So I did. And it actually, you don't hear this story often because you hear of the craziness on Greek Row, but it was the first uh, example, I guess you could say, of belonging to church. And I say that because you know, I didn't, you know, come from a broken home, come from, um, I wasn't really in sports. I wasn't really in church. And now all of a sudden I wore these letters on my jersey and I was a part of this group of 125 women who had the same creed and had the same motto and had standards and had, you know, something they lived for. And it was life-changing for me and I loved it and I ate it up. Um, but I also was still very much not a Christian. I was still kind of living that, you know, sorority lifestyle, but better than I was in high school. <laughs> so that, you know, going through the motions of sorority life in my senior year, I had my plan and it was all around a boy and we were going to get married and we were going to live, you know, in the suburbs with a white picket fence. And I had my plan. There was no plan P, plan B because there needed, didn't need to be one, you know, it was all wrapped up in him. And then one day he said he did it like he wasn't going to be there. And I was devastated and I call it the breakup that broke me, but it actually broke me in all the ways I needed to be broken and didn't realize it. I realized that I was, I was, it was, a, I was idolizing a boy. I thought I needed, if only I was prettier, if only I was smarter, if only I said the right things. Um, I just needed the right boy. And that was my ticket to a happily ever after. And that kept not working out. And it definitely kept not working out that in that moment, my senior year in college. So shortly after that, I had a friend invite me to a Greek girls Bible study. Literally two weeks ago before this invitation, I would have told you, no, only people who don't know, even know how to spell the word fun show up at Bible studies. Like I'm not interested, but the timing couldn't have been better. And I was like, well, I don't have anything else to do on a Tuesday night. So I guess I'll go. And I went to this stinking Bible study that definitely <laughs> changed my life. And there is where I heard the woman at the well story. And I've already put in a request to have a neighboring mansion with her in heaven. I love this woman. She was a heartbroken girl, just like I was married five times, shacking up with a guy she wasn't married to. And the king of the world met her there and said, you keep looking for something to fill your cup, like boys, like uh, worth, you know, whatever it is you're looking for, you are going to come up empty. I'm the only thing that can fulfill you. I come to give you eternal water so you'll never thirst again. And that was, that was what I needed. I was like, wait, what? Like, there's a way, there's something that can make you fulfilled and stay fulfilled. Because even with these boys, you know, like you'd feel on a high for a minute and then you'd be broken and high and broken. And this was eternal water so you'll never thirst again. So it like, floored me and broke me in all the best ways and I went home and I said God I don't know what eternal water is but if it if it exists I want a keg of it because that's how I prayed it in those days <laughs> 
and God was faithful and just my desire started to change, you know, getting sloppy drunk didn't seem attractive anymore. You know, guys trying to schmooze you didn't seem attractive anymore. Everything just changed. I was like, yo, you know, maybe I should go to church. And I started to hang out with people who uplifted me. And the next guy I dated was my husband. So it definitely worked out. (laughs) Wow. I mean, what a journey. And like the cool thing that I really love about your story is I hear in everything you're doing now, you really are pouring into women who you needed at your age. And I absolutely love that. You know, I have a question for you. This might be the deepest question I ask. Are you a coffee drinker? (laughs) That is a deep question. Um, No. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't hate coffee, but I drink something called Zip Fizz. I have not heard of that. What is it? Okay. They sold me at a sample in Costco, but it's essentially, it has some caffeine in it and it's like B12 vitamins and it's like this healthy little energy shenanigans and it is my drug of choice I love it is it like fruity or yeah okay that's there's different flavors orange sherbet's the best Ooh. okay so and what is it called a zip fit is that what you said zip fizz because it fizzes a little bit Ooh. okay so if you're having an orange sherbet zip fizz with someone else like the dream drink happening right now and you are encouraging them on their own becoming journey what would you say? Would it be a younger me or just anyone? Anyone. Um, the, usually when I'm asked this question, I say a boyfriend cannot complete you. Uh, you know, a good relationship, a relationship can complement you. You can run a race together. There's good partnerships and I'm all in favor of that. But asking another flawed human to complete you, which we don't say in our words, but we sometimes think that, oh, if I just find the right relationship, that is unfair and untrue. It's so much to put that kind of weight on another flawed human being. And, you know, now I am so, I've been married 17 years now. I'm very happily married, but I can't, like, that's still untrue and unfair even. Yeah. And so I just, I guess that's what I would narrow it down to that. There's only one savior. (laughs) I put this on Instagram one time. There's only one savior and his name is not Brandon. (laughs) That is so good. It's, True. I love how you said like they can't complete you, but they can compliment you. And it's that partnership there. Um, I would love to hear a little bit about how did you start the truth for you, your twenties? How did you start investing in sororities across the nation and how can people connect with you? Yeah, it's all kind of organic and all a little bit in spite of me. Honestly, I, (laughs) when I became a Christian and started mentoring these young women, I started working in homeless ministry because I thought that that's what a good Christian girl does, right? And <laughs> tried to quote, save all of these girls. And, you know, I'm like giving my all and had this total breakdown in the middle of our mouths in our walk-in closet as one does. And I'm like, God, can you see how hard I'm working over here? And like all the things I'm doing in a total tantrum. And I have never been more sure. I've heard the voice of God in that moment. And he said, when did I ever ask you to do all of this stuff that you're doing? Share your story with sorority women. That's what I've designed you to do. And I was like, oh snap. And of course I didn't know what all of that meant, but it really started with a blog post. I had a blog at that point and my marketing background kind of noticed this trend setting power, I call it in sorority women. And it's true. There's a lot of trends that are multi-million dollar phenomenons that are started on Greek Row. So I wrote a blog post about their trend setting power. And I'm like, if you have this power, why not use it for good? 
and that went well. It got some attention from some, some people high up and all that good stuff. And I expanded it into a book. And then <laughs> I had this book and people started asking me to speak. And I'm like, you mean like with a microphone? <laughs> and that worked out well. It's taken me to over 60 colleges now nationwide. And about two years ago, I started the podcast because I felt like I am so passionate about this and there's so much more to say and I wanted to continue the conversation and that the podcast has been a great place to do this. And social media, I started making TikToks because they're fun and communicating all of my passions and little bite-sized, you know, clips. And yeah, that's where I am most days working from home, recording podcasts and making funny videos, uh, helping young women understand their worth. I love it. I love it. You really are the big sister that I always wish that I had. And I love that about social media. You can connect with people all around the world, learn and glean things from each other. So if somebody was like, man, I really want to watch Katie's TikToks. I want to learn more about this fizz drink that she's drinking. I want to check out her blog posts. Like I want to read her book. Where can people find you on the internet? Oh, I would love that. Yes. My DMs are always open, but I made it easy. It's Katie Bulmer Life. Uh, the katiebulmer.com was taken. So I did dot life and I just did it all over. So Instagram, TikTok, and the, the World Wide Web, katiebulmer.life or just katiebulmerlife on social media. And yes, I would love to connect with you. And Truth For Your 20s is the name of the podcast as well. I love it. And y'all, we will have all the links in the show notes. You can easily connect with Katie and check out her podcast. But Katie, thank you so much for sharing your story, who you are and who you're becoming. I so appreciate our time together today. Thank you. Yes. Thanks for having me. You're awesome. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Becoming Me podcast. If this episode connected and resonated with you, we would love to see your experience. So snap a photo of this episode and share on social media. Don't forget to tag us by tagging at Emily B. Cummins. Learn more about becomingme.tv and find more resources at becomingme.tv.